You know, this season, uh, we told the team, Pastor Seth and, and Devon, just say, hey, like, you guys capture the beauty and the majesty of this season. And so they've got all kinds of things uh, in store over the next few weeks leading up to Christmas Eve where we just get to, to gaze upon who Jesus is. And so I hope that uh, that can be the posture of your heart uh, over these next few weeks as, as we ran, round out the final part of this year. Can you believe that we are almost done with this year? Man, it's, it's flown by. So... Uh, but I just want to encourage you, engage you over these next few weeks. You're going to see our team worshiping God through creative elements. And uh, if it's something new to you in church, can I just say that God has given us these faculties to be able to give our praise and our honor to Him. So this is not a show. This is our ability to worship God with everything that we are. Come on, somebody. And so every gift that is available to us, we will give it to Jesus in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 31 is where we're going to find ourselves this morning. Mark chapter 12, 28 to 31. Lots of text today that we're going to, that we're going to work through. Lots of text today. Mark chapter 12, 28 to 31 says this. One of the scribes approached, and when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well, he asked Jesus this question. He said, which command is the most important of all? What a question. Many of us have read this before, and, and uh, many of us have even said this before, the, the next few uh, sentences that we're going to read. But I want us to look at the question really quick. Which command is the most important of all? So you have, you have the scribes and the Pharisees debating with Jesus, and somebody asks him, if you could boil it all down, if you can, if you can line it out for us, which, which is the most important of all? Which, if you think about it, with all of this that we have here, that's a big question to answer. Like, how do you, how do you divide? Like, which is the most important of all? All. So Jesus answered and he said, well, the most important is, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And he says, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. Someone shout heart. heart. With all your soul. Someone shout soul. soul. With all your mind. Someone shout mind. mind. And with all your strength. Someone shout strength. strength. So he says, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Jesus is citing in this discourse a reference found in Deuteronomy chapter, four verses, uh, chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, where it says the same thing. He says, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit down in your house and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So is it safe to say, maybe you all agree with me, it's safe to say this is a, this is a pretty important command that Jesus is giving us. There's, there's a lot of weight to this. There's a lot of strength to this. And so today as we begin our Christmas series, The Invitation, I want to speak to you from this subject right here. If you're writing notes today, I want to speak to you from this subject, full body faith. Full body faith. As we look at God's invitation to each of us to live a true life of faith in this Christmas season, will you pray with me just one more time? Father, I thank you for your word today. It is alive, it is active, it is powerful, and it changes us from the inside out. So God, I pray that your word would speak to us today, that it would change us, transform us, guide us, shift us. God, that it would be a light unto our path 
Father, I thank you that in, in your word there is truth, the truth, all truth, and it's that truth that sets us free today. And so we honor you, we praise you, we give you this time. Speak to us now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and everybody shouted. Amen. Amen. Here's the question that I want to ask us today. What is faith? Big question. Maybe an existential question for some of us. What is, and what is faith? And what is it, more importantly, what does it look like to exercise faith, especially in this Christmas season? And I know it's a giant question that has a lot of different veins and realities that can be discussed, debated, articulated, and looked at. There's a lot of conversation around this topic, and not just in, in church circles. The problem with a lot of the conversation happening about faith outside of historically orthodox applications is that we see it quickly drift into superstition, good vibes, and fatalistic living. How many of you are with me this morning? And so faith outside, a conversation about faith outside of what we see as historic orthodoxy, it can, it can start to divulge into all kinds of different places and spaces. It can trip us up and, and mess with our heads and our hearts. The truth is that faith is more than an assent to a set of intellectual beliefs. It's more than wishful thinking and serendipitous attitudes. I want to say it like this, faith is a substantive truth that creates the bedrock on which we stand. But the problem that so many of us face is that we see faith as Christian magic rather than substantive truth. Specto Patronum, it's our Christian version. But I want to I just let us know today that faith is not Christian magic. Come on, somebody. Come on, I said, faith is not Christian magic, okay? Magic doesn't exist in this, so let's get that out of, out of, out of our head. Faith is not Christian magic. Faith is the ability to see God in everything. J.D. Berry, writer and author of Hebrews, How Jesus Speaks into Everything, it's a commentary, writes this concerning the issue of faith. He says, when we feel that we can't see God at work, The author of Hebrews tells us to look to followers of God from times past as an example. And if we look hard enough, God will eventually surface. In other words, Scripture helps us see through the eyes of faith, God working in moments that don't make sense. Come on, has anybody been there before? Come on, show of hands, just therapeutic moment. How many of us have ever been in a moment that doesn't make sense, right? And you're like, God, and maybe you've asked this question before, and it's okay to ask this question. God, where are you in the midst of this? Maybe this, this holiday season is going to be a, a struggle for you because you've experienced hard moments over the past few years, and you've asked this question. God, where are you in this? Where were you in that? Maybe you look across the, the spectrum of 2022 as, as we move to the beginning of the year, and maybe you look back on this year and you go, God, where were you in X? Because we've all had hard moments. We've all had difficult moments, and, and the eyes of faith help us see God. Hear this today. The eyes of faith help us see God in the midst of situations where we didn't necessarily feel him. So faith is the ability, as a simple a very simple definition. Faith is, I'm like taking all of this, this big concept throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, and I'm boiling it down to this. Faith is the ability to see God in everything. Come on. Faith is the ability to see God in everything. C.S. Lewis would say it like this. 
Faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of our changing moods and circumstances. I love that. The new world that we're entering into is a world of great uncertainty. Would you agree? It's one of changing moods and changing circumstances. The question then is this. What is faith in the midst of the new world with all its uncertainty and and its changing currents? What is faith in this moment for us? And I believe that faith is required for this world that we are navigating. It's the same faith that was required from the beginning of time, and it's this faith that I call full body faith. Heart, soul, mind, and strength faith. And full body faith is what I believe Jesus was speaking about as he addressed the crowd that was in front of him as he said, this is how you are to love me with all faith. How many of you would agree with me it takes faith to love God? Because we, we, don't, we don't see him, we don't necessarily tangibly feel him, and, and not all of our situations are congruent with what we believe about God. But how many of you agree with me? Faith is required to love God. Faith is required to see God in the midst of our situation. Faith is required in order to be in relationship with God. And so Jesus says, this is how you are to love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, full body faith. Full body faith is the type of faith that is produced by loving and following God with everything that we are. It's the totality of who we are. And this is what I want to make sure that, we, that we, we do in this moment, is I don't want to divide faith into heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want us to see what Jesus was talking about when he said, this is what faith is. It's your ability to love me with the totality of who you are, every faculty of your being. Does that make sense this morning? So heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's not like in one moment I'm going to love him with my heart and another moment I'm going to love him with my strength. Jesus is saying, if you're going to love me, you've got to love me with everything. If you're going to love God, the totality of who you are, your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul, your strength, your mind, everything is involved when it comes to faith. And so full body faith is what Jesus is talking about. I want to illustrate it for us this morning to maybe help us out a little bit more about uh, with this whole idea of full body faith. Um, so as I was thinking about full body faith, uh, the team got this beautiful purple beam for me. Um, and I talked about this last week a little bit if you were here, the idea that for many of us, we approach faith, we approach faith simply by looking at something and going, I believe. Y'all with me? Like it's faith for many of us seems to be just an intellectual ascent. And that, that's the problem with our Western mindset, is that for a lot of us, it's about our intellect. It's, it's about uh, philosophy, and it's another way of thinking. And for many of us, our Christian faith is an ideology amongst a bunch of other ideologies. Am I talking to anybody this morning? But Jesus is saying, no, 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 if you're going to exercise faith, it's got it's to be full body faith. Because it's one thing for me to look at this beam and go, great, that looks good. I can stand on it. And you might believe me. Come on, you with me. Like if I said, that's great. That looks awesome. That's a beam. I can do that. Some of you are like, cool, that's good enough for me. Others of you right now in the room are going, prove it. <laughs> right? That's the point. <laughs> the point is, is that it's one thing for me to come to a place, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture in just a minute. It's one thing for me to come to a place and say, yes, I have faith. But it's another thing for me to get on this thing and all of a sudden engage everything that I am to say I have 
faith, because I, it's not just now everything's involved. My mind, my strength, my emotions, my soul. Why? Because I got to be in get. Y'all see what I'm talking about. This is full body faith. I'm saying, God, I'm with you. I'm, I'm walking. I'm doing this. It takes everything that I am in order to engage this moment. And guess what else? I'm going to lead my family in full body faith. I'm going to say, hey, my beautiful wife, come with me. She's going to be like... She takes her shoes off. So, so it's, it's one thing, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's one thing for us to go. Just don't stand here. So it's one thing for me to say, hold on, I gotta, I gotta lead, okay? I gotta lead. So it's, it's one thing for me to say, hey, listen, uh, I've got faith. And she's like, okay, great. But now I'm going to lead my, my family in, in faith. And I'm going to say, all right, come on, baby. <laughs> and now it's full body faith. It, it takes, it takes. So it's more than <laughs> What are you doing over here? Proving You're proving it. So it takes, y'all see what I'm talking about this morning. Mind, heart, strength, soul, everything that we are in order to do this thing called faith. You wanna hop down? All right. <laughs> so for some of us, we say, oh, I've got faith. Do you? Or do you have an intellectual assessment of who Jesus is? Because there's a difference. There's a difference between an intellectual assessment of faith and then full body faith. I'm, I'm with you. And this is harder. It, it requires everything of me. Okay. So where is it in Scripture? Let's look at a couple moments. Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 33. It says this, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from the land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. And when the disciples saw him, every shout, saw? saw? When they saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, that would be good enough for most of us, wouldn't it? You're like, okay, dude's walking on the water, I'm good. He's speaking to me, I'm good. But for Peter, it wasn't enough. And you would think that it would be, because it's enough for me. If I see somebody walking on the water, I'm like, yep, I believe. I'm pretty solid with this. That You're defying gravity right now. You're not supposed to be able to walk on water. Everything happening right now because I'm seeing something proofed in a different way causes an assessment of belief. 
but is it full faith? Am I just believing that he has the ability to walk on water? Y'all checking with me so far? And so he said, Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, command me to come out on the water. See, it's one thing to see Jesus walking on the water and go, I believe. It's another thing for me to say, Jesus, I want to walk with you. Full body faith. I find it interesting that Peter was the only one that got on the boat, got out of the boat. Full body faith. Let's go to another moment. Genesis 22, 1 through 14. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. I want you to take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set up to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, which is absolutely insane. I'm about to sacrifice you. You carry your own fire. (laughs) In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father, and he replied, Here I am, son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And you would get inquisitive really quick. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked together. Then they arrived at the place that God had told them about. Abraham built the altar and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, He replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. Full body faith. How many of you would agree with me it takes full body faith to offer your son on what God says? Isn't this the story of Christmas for the teenager named Mary? Luke chapter 1, 26 to 38, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. Is scripture all right with everybody this morning? Sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him a throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Full body faith. How many of you know it takes takes some faith to go, oh, God's going to produce a son, just kind of like poof, out of the ground, right? 
And that would have been okay for Mary. If, if, if an angel would have showed up and said, hey, Mary, just so you know, God's sending his one and only son, and he's going to manifest, he's going to materialize out of nothing. How many of you know that, that, like, you could get down with that, but how many of you know it's a whole nother amount of faith when, when the angel of the Lord says, by the way, you're going to be the, uh, you're going to be the carrier of that son. Well, that's not physically possible. I haven't, haven't done anything to produce a baby. It's okay. The Holy Spirit's going to put it inside of you. <laughs> Y'all with me this morning? Full body. I wonder what Mary, can we just go like between the lines for a second? I wonder what Mary was feeling as that belly grew. Full body faith. And so we see moment after moment after moment, scripture after scripture after scripture of full body faith moments. Faith that required more than just an intellectual assessment of the situation. Faith that required more from a person than just simply looking at it and thinking and believing that God would move. It was the type of faith that said, I'm gonna engage with this even though it doesn't feel good, even though it doesn't look right, even though I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm gonna have full body faith. God, you have everything that I am. I am fully engaged. I am walking on the water. I am carrying your son. I am killing my son. Like all all of these moments where people say, this is full body faith. I believe in you. And this is what a life of faith looks like. See, a lot of us want a life of faith that looks like this. Don't we? You're like, I believe. And that's, that's all we want it to be. But it's another thing to have a life that looks like this. this. This proves that faith is messy looking. Come on, somebody. Right? Walking this, this journey of faith, it, it's, it's messy. I got to hold, I got to shake. And if I were to get my wife back up here and then my, my three kiddos up here, we could have all kinds of illustrations <laughs> as to what faith, come on, somebody, looks like. Oh, my, my, my family, is, it's, it's frustrating right now. But are, they, are, are you guys faith in it? then it's all right that it looks a little bit wobbly at times because that's full body faith. Man, man, things are, things are hard on my job right now. It, it, are, you, are you in full body faith because it's going to look a little messy at times? Like, I'm struggling on the inside. Yeah, but you got full body faith going because it's going to look a little bit messy at times. The problem with Christians is that we try to perfect something that can't be perfected. Would have been even better as if I had like 10 of these beams and they got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier because that's what faith is. Full body faith. For some, there's easier moments, but man, God calls me out on some things where I'm like, whoa, that one's skinny. Come on, someone shout full body faith. Peter would walk on water. Abraham would attempt to sacrifice his son and Mary would carry the arriving savior. These amongst others are instances of full body Faith, faith that's expressed in the totality of who these men and women were and what it looked like for them to engage in the invitation to follow God. Write, write this down this morning because here's my encouragement to all of us. I truly believe that this Christmas season, God is inviting you and I into full body faith. Full body faith. So I want to consider today some truths that are important for us to understand if we're going to live full body lives of faith. Need your help today? Come on, every shout number one. 
Every shot, number one. Here's the first one is this, to live a full body faith life. It's gonna require a few things. Full body faith happens with hearing. Full body faith happens with hearing. Full body faith happens with hearing. Romans chapter 10, 14 to 17 says this, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring, come on somebody, the good news. But not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed your message. So faith comes from what is heard. Faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. This is what I want us to hear today. Faith has a sound and that sound is proclamation. We cannot afford to be a community of Christ followers that lose our proclamation of faith. And my concern in this generation and my concern in this moment is that there are situations and circumstances that are trying to cover our mouths to stop us from proclaiming who God is. Come on, somebody. To stop us from proclaiming the beauty and the majesty of, of who God is at the end of the day. And I just wanna let us all know today that this place called The Well will constantly strive to be a place that proclaims Jesus over everything. It doesn't matter the situation or the circumstance, we proclaim Jesus, faith more than ever must be shouted from the rooftops, in our homes, in our businesses, in our marriages, and through the church. Faith more than ever has to be heard if it's gonna help. Let me say that one more time, because that one went over us. I think faith more than ever has to be heard if it's gonna help. I've talked about this before, but in our household, we say, I love you. That's our rule. And are coming and are going, I love you. I, w I walked into Erica this morning as she's getting ready and I stood there, she was going through her makeup and I just stood and stared at her. She's like, you're ruining my flow. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but I wanna say I love you and gave her a kiss and walked out. Why? Because we say I love you in our home. Why? Because it needs to be heard. And if faith is gonna help, it needs to be heard. It, got, it needs to be proclaimed. And that's why we do what we do around here because for some of us, this week has beaten us. This week has battered us. The waves have been big and the winds have been strong. So I just wanna let you know with proclamation today that God is for you and he's not against you. And so I'm gonna continue to proclaim with faith it needs to be heard. It's gotta be heard if it's gonna, if it's gonna help. You can't have faith without Jesus. And likewise, you cannot have Jesus without faith. And so we've gotta make sure that they're never separated. And that's why he wants us to have full body faith because it's easy to separate Jesus from faith, faith from Jesus if I stand out here and just have a philosophical conversation about who he is. Just as, monk, as much as any other philosophical conversation, y'all tracking with me this morning. The truth is this though, I, I want us to hear this, is that not all hearing comes by way of words. We can tell the story of faith without the use of words if we live our lives in a posture of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse seven says this, that by faith, every shout faith. faith. 
by faith Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. See, Noah built even when it didn't make sense. And our faith most times will not make sense to the world around us. It doesn't make sense to to continue building that business. It doesn't make sense to keep working on that marriage. It doesn't make sense to keep pursuing that degree. But can I just tell you this morning that faith rarely ever makes sense. Faith is crazy. You ever ask somebody the question when you see them doing something that doesn't make sense? You're like, what are you doing? That makes no sense. That's what I say to my son a lot right now. And that's what my wife says to me right now. <laughs> what are you doing? It doesn't make sense. There's so many moments in our lives, church, that, that the things that God calls us to, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to lift my hands during worship and give, give, my, give my presence and give who I am to Jesus when I just came out of the doctor's office and they told me it's terminal. The, that doesn't make sense to the world. Come on, somebody. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to be in a place where I'm on my knees praying to God and telling him how good he is when I just filed for bankruptcy. It doesn't make sense. But faith in the world's eyes will never make sense. This, does, this full body faith doesn't make sense. When Jesus said, come, and Peter got on the water, I'm wondering what the other disciples are doing. And what scripture doesn't tell us is that they got all pumped. Like, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see the part of Scripture where Peter got out there and the rest of the disciples were like, yes, let's go. And then one by one, right? Like they started singing a song and whistling while they worked and they got like a... But it doesn't say that. It says that Peter, they stayed in the boat. Because how many of you know full body faith? It doesn't make sense. And so it requires us to do things that in many other Eyes doesn't look normal. But full body faith happens with hearing, hearing the word of God, proclaiming the word of God, hearing God's voice for our lives. Number two, everybody shot number two? Every shot number two? There's the second thing full body faith requires us to see. Full body faith requires us to see some things. Mark chapter 8, 22 to 27 says this they came to Bethsaida. They brought a blind man to him, and that blind man begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and brought him out of the village, which I always thought was an interesting moment. Can we just study Scripture for a second? And this is why I think, because about what, what's about to happen, this is why Jesus took him outside of the village. He took the blind man by the hand, brought him out of the village, and spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? This is a weird transaction. Come on, can we agree this is a weird transaction? And I, like for me, I just kind of sit back and go, I get why Jesus took him out of, the, out of the village. He's like, if anybody sees this, I'm gonna end up on Instagram. It's gonna, I'm gonna lose followers. It's gonna be wild and out. They're already frustrated about the whole eat my flesh, drink my blood thing. So, so he takes him out of the village. He spits on his eyes. And then he asks the blind man, do you see anything? Now, if the blind man was sarcastic, he would say, yes, saliva. (laughs) This is a weird moment. Seth, there's no illustration in this one right now. (laughs) That's an inside joke with us. 
So he said, do you see anything? Verse 24, he looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking. Again, Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes. The man looked intently and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. I've often wrestled with this particular piece of scripture because at first glance it would suggest that Jesus lost his mojo. He only did a half healing that day. Think about that for a second. Like Jesus had to try harder at the miracle. Dang it, it didn't work the first time. He's only seeing trees. Better put my hands back on. But this isn't the case. Rather, it's in this moment that helps us understand growing faith. I fully believe that this man was healed the moment Jesus spit on his eyes. But this man had to give full body faith. Do you see? I see trees. I'm going to pray for you some more. And I see clearly. It took everything of this man to progress in his faith. Y'all with me right now? And for some of you, you've been believing for that kiddo to come back to Jesus, and they've been gone for years now. Can I just, can I just tell you? Celebrate with faith the inch towards Jesus. See, for many of us, we str- this, is, this is how our faith life goes. We pray for the end-all, be-all of a miracle yep. and get frustrated when there are steps in the miracle. So I want to encourage you today, when you're sitting around family dinners and that, and that, that son or that daughter who, who, man, you've been praying for, moms and dads, and they're sitting around the table, maybe they're not coming to Christmas Eve service, but maybe you get that seven and a half minute conversation with them where you get a little bit of a moment to talk to them about Jesus. Can I tell you, that's seeing trees. It's coming. Keep on believing. Keep on having faith. Keep on understanding that something could take place. For some of us, it's going to mess with your theology for a second. We work with a lot of people who struggle with addiction around here, and I love it. I think this is awesome that we have so many people that are walking through this journey. And I got to talk to a gentleman a little while ago, and, and he, he was so disappointed because he was X amount of days sober, and he made a mistake. He relapsed. And, I said, and, he, and he said, man, I just have got guilt. I've got shame. I've got to start back over. And I said, no, 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 stop there. You don't got to start back over. That's just trees that you're seeing right now. It, just because it was one day of relapse doesn't mean that you don't, it doesn't erase the 30 days that were there. You can keep on going because the miracle is still, come on somebody, full body faith. So if you need a little handle for this, next time somebody asks you what, are you, what are you seeing right now? I'm seeing trees, but the miracle is coming. It doesn't look like everything that I want it to be, but the miracle is coming. I'm seeing trees and I've got full body faith right now that God is going to move. Come on, is anybody in church today? Faith was producing something. The miracle for this gentleman was not the recovery of sight. The miracle was the faith to believe that he could see. Do you see the difference? Because this is how for some of us it goes. God, if you do this, then I'll believe. God, I want the product for my belief. And God's like, no, 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 you need to believe. There's a difference between, oh, I see. Well, I guess I believe versus I see trees. And I'm going to trust God in the process. 
It's faith. I've got to see. As a pastor, I get asked this question a lot. What do you see? It's a weird question. It's benign at first until you start to really dial into like what people are asking you. They're asking about vision. What do I see in the future? And so on and so forth. Can I just tell you like just like, a, like an honest assessment of a, of a pastor's life is like nine out of ten times. Come on, church. I see trees. I see trees. And every single day I get up and with trees in my eyes, full body faith. What do you see, Jason, from my wife? I see trees, baby. But come on, get up here with me. And guess what? She's faith-filled enough to go, all right. And then our kids, what do you, what do you guys see? We see trees. Join us. And one by one, a bunch of people seeing trees. But we got full-body faith. And I'm believing God for miracles just like you're believing God for miracles. And some days, church, I just want to encourage you, you will see trees before you see the fruition of something. Can I just tell you, be okay with the trees. Someone needs to tweet that today. Just be okay with the trees. I mean, I got tree-like faith. <laughs> number three, everybody shout number three. Here's the last one. Full body faith will always require us to move. Full body faith will always require us to move. James chapter 2, verses 15 to 19 says this. If a brother or a sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Now, this is a tricky piece of Scripture for, for some of us. Theologically speaking, there's a lot of debate between two key people within the New Testament, and that is Paul and James. Now, there's a lot of people, truth be told, if you study this out, there was a lot of people who wanted to take James's letter and toss it out because it was seemingly incongruent with Paul, who was saying, like, you don't need to have works. But James isn't discussing salvation. He was, he's discussing the potency of our faith. And that's the difference. Paul is discussing whether works save us. Can I just tell you, like I say every single week around here, you cannot earn your way into heaven. You cannot buy your way. You cannot finagle your way. It is by grace that I am saved, and it's a gift of God. But how many of you know my, my faith has potency when it's got some works on it? It's one thing to say I have faith. Yeah, I've got faith. It's another thing to say, I've got faith. Remember that song we sing, Spirit Lead Me, where my trust is without borders? I've got faith. Eric and I had faith, along with a crazy team of people, to move here 10 years ago to plant the well. And guess what we saw? trees. But how many of you know, I could say I got faith for planting a church in Salt Lake City, Utah all day long. But it's another thing to quit your job, put everything you own in a U-Haul, drive from Arizona with no friends and no people and say, we're going to build something that impacts our city for the glory of God. Come on, does anybody see trees right now? You just... 
need to move. You need to take a step. And that's all, the, that's all that James is saying. You're not earning God's love through it. Please don't put that in your mind. You're not, you're not earning salvation through it. Don't, don't put that in your mind. But your faith may look like, man, I, I need to figure out how to have a conversation with that son or that daughter that's far from God right now. You gotta move. God may be calling you to business right now, to build a business right now. And it doesn't make sense because of everything that's going around us. But if God's called you to it, you gotta move. He finishes this, he says, in the same way, if it doesn't have works, it's dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. And listen to the discourse on this. He said, even the demons believe and they shudder. Listen to that statement. Even the demons believe what you believe. But the question is, is will you move? Come on, someone shout full body faith. Come on, someone shout full body faith. If you do not move in faith, it's just an idea. Our faith should cause us to move. For some of us, this means joining a table group. For some of us, it's beginning the journey of generosity through giving. For some, it's sending out that invite to a friend that you've been meaning to send it out to. For some, it's getting up today. It's getting dressed and facing the day ahead of you. For some of us today, it is taking a step towards Jesus by saying yes to him. For some of us, it's going to foundations, getting on a team, going on that mission trip and participating in forgiveness. For some of us, it's extending grace. It's deleting Instagram. It's canceling Facebook. It's picking up that book. It's asking her or him out on a date or breaking up with him or her. For some, it's taking that ski lesson. It's filling out that application or it's finally trying to adopt. For some, it's lifting your hands. It's singing that song. It's clapping your hand. No matter what it is, it will always require a move. Why? Because full body faith is heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's, it's something for you today. The question is what? This Christmas season, church, I believe that God is inviting us into full body faith. And I believe that if we'll trust him in it, if we will enter into it, if we will, if we will get on the balance beam, We're gonna see miracles like we've never seen before. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody shouted. Come on, and everybody shouted. Amen, 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 and amen. Come on, I wanna invite you to your feet as we get ready to close. Jesus. I wonder if you'd just bow your head and close your eyes with me today. I want to ask you a question. Do you know Jesus and have you said yes to him? Have you decided to follow him today? See, that's, that's the full body faith question. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to do something. After we pray together today, I'm going to ask you, if that's you and you prayed this prayer with us today, I'm going to ask you to, to lift your hand to let us know that you've, you've prayed this prayer, that full body faith. It's acknowledging, okay, I'm moving towards Jesus today. 
And so with every head bowed and every eye closed and no one looking around in this moment, we're gonna pray a prayer. Around here, we call this the prayer of salvation. There's nothing fancy in the words, but rather the heart from which these words come. This is our way of just simply proclaiming, yes, I'm, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I wanna invite everyone to pray this after me so we don't leave anybody out today, but especially those of us who would say, man, this is me. I wanna say yes to Jesus. I wanna follow him. Come on, repeat this after me. Everybody say, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my past. I'm giving you my right now. And I'm putting my future in your hands. Save me, change me, make me new. And I declare in this moment that I'm gonna follow you all the days of my life. I repent of my ways and I'm turning today to follow your ways. In Jesus' mighty name, 